Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Disablest Report, official podcast of the Disablest Network. If you would like to learn more about us and our organization, you can go to our website at disablest.org, spelled D-I-S-A-B-L-E-I-S-T.org. Also find all of our good content on things like YouTube. We're on Facebook. You can look on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the podcast platforms. And uh, we're on Patreon now, too, because... uh, As I've said before, and it's probably getting boring at this point, but it takes money to run a podcast in a brand like we are at our level. Um, And so just want to give a quick shout out to um, a couple of our top level patrons who um, are part, we call it the, we call them the super crips, um, ironically, obviously. Um, So a shout out to uh, Robert L. Pope Jr. and uh, my uncle, uh, George Smith, for... um, pledging $15 a month. So thank you guys so much. Uh, There's a lot of perks and stuff involved um, with that. So if you're interested, you know, if you go on uh, patreon.com backslash Disables Network, um, search for us on there. You can learn about all of our perks uh, and get more involved in the lives of Christine and I, because who wouldn't want to know what we're doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because, well, like, I'm boring, but Christine is definitely, like, the antithesis of that. So, anyways, with uh, all of that out of the way, uh, let me introduce my co-hosts. I have Lou and Christine, obviously, with uh, me today, Um, and I will let Christine actually kick off uh, our show and introduce our guest, who is a repeat visitor, because we love her so much, and brought her back on. Uh, Christine, take it away. And welcome, welcome to another episode. Today, we are so excited to have Miss Jennifer Webb on with us again. We are so happy. Um, We are going to talk about Pride because it's Pride Month. Happy Pride, you guys. Oh, so exciting. Um, But anyway, before we dive into that, uh, Miss Jennifer Webb, if you would please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, hey, everyone. Hey, Disablest uh, Network uh, subscribers and tuners in. I am Jennifer Webb. I'm a former state legislator from the Pinellas County area. I was the first lesbian elected to higher office in the state of Florida. Mm. Um, I also, my spouse was the first same-sex spouse in the legislature. She was um, the first person to like go to all the spousal events and say, oh, my wife instead of my husband. So that was exciting. So she had a, a cool pivotal role to play there. And um, what I'm doing today is I have continued to figure out how to make our community a better place. I am now directing uh, Project Opioid Tampa Bay, looking at mm-hmm. how we can drastically reduce the number of opioid-related fatalities by the end of 2025. And I'm also helping cities and, and um, local governments clean up their act when it comes to protecting our waterways and our drinking water. And so connecting them to resources so that they don't have to raise rates on families like Christine and mine who can't afford to pay any more increases in our water bills, right? Amen to that. So yeah, so I'm happy to be here and happy Pride, everybody. Um, It's also, you know, an important month for our uh, minority community too. It's Juneteenth. That's uh, right around the corner and or and a big, um, you know, it's a day that slaves in Texas realized that uh, they were free. And it's a day that uh, President Biden just signed 
um, into the ledger as a national holiday, which is pretty cool and a long time coming. Yeah, as we're losing voting rights, we get we get Juneteenth, right? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right? hopefully they this will help draw attention to the fact that we need to expand voting rights instead of giving yeah. over to the pressures to reduce voting rights and mm. to do all of these silly machinations, dangerous and harmful machinations, not silly. Yeah. This will be the this will be the non-controversial episode of the Disabledist Network. We won't talk about anything <laughs> controversial today. Right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. That the the rabbit hole of the American yeah. uh, voting system is just like this, like tack, like toxic, disgusting. Uh, anyways, um, but it's getting better incrementally. I have to yeah. add a, add a, a little asterisk in there. Uh, incrementally. Yeah. 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 That um, was as smiley as your shirt, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so you know, on this show, obviously we are uh we are allies to LGBTQ plus community, just Absolutely. as uh you know that community is to the disabled community. Um Lou and I were batting around a couple of, you know, just conversation points before we started and one of the things that you know i, I want to make sure to mention in, in the very beginning and i know we talked to, about this a little bit last time uh jennifer is that um both of our demographics have actually a history of standing up for each other's rights and so you know um when pride started you know we made it a point to make sure that you know we were you know, celebrating it and making sure to, uh, you know, give voice to people who are in both communities. Um, so that's like super important to us. Uh, so I wanted to know, um, and then we're going to get into like, uh, you know, questions of accessibility and things like that. But what does pride mean to you? Oh, pride means to me the, well, I guess why pride is important. And one, it has strong tradition um, back to resistance, back to fighting for rights. It is not just marching and getting merchandise with rainbows on it. Um, it it's a riot. Pride is a riot. It was, it's Stonewall, uh, which is a New York, New York uh, borough where, you know, it was a nightclub in New York where trans kids and drag queens and gay and lesbian um folks used to go to and attend and they stood up for their rights. They stood up against police, um, you know, brutality and against having to pay in order just to hang out together. And they got really badly beaten and, and they continued to stand up and stand strong. And, and so pride for me reminds me of that. And it also reminds me in our community um, of the importance of telling the whole story. And so, you know, for a long time, uh, the LGBT community, well, gay and lesbian folks tended to whitewash things, tended to really try and be like part of the mainstream, really kind of sidelined the more radical aspects of our community, the, the trans, um, the drag queens, the people of color, like other folks who really were on the forefront of helping us get the, um, Folks who are from the disabled community, the you know, folks who who were helping and walking alongside us so that we could get our rights. And and I think what's cool is in the 21st century, there's a huge pushback against that. There's a huge pushback against, you know, telling this kind of 
whitewashed history. It's there's a there's a movement towards like, no, we want to tell the whole story. We want to highlight all of our heroes, not just the ones that we think that straight cisgendered community will find okay, but we want we love diversity and 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 we really are as diverse as the rainbows that makes up um, our flag. And so that's what it means to me. It also means to me that folks in Africa are still can be stoned to death for participating in pride events and gay pride events. They can still be, um, you know, we're, we're in the south. We're in the south. That can yeah. happen here still, too. Yeah, so, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just to point that out, I mean. Yeah, I mean, but it's like it's I think that and it also well, to your point, Lewis, like and that just because it's easy for some in our community to come out, just like it's easy for some easier for some folks in the disability community to speak their truth. There's all also other folks for whom it's still really hard, right. you know, whose families are still not accepting, whose communities are still very homophobic um, or transphobic. There's still portions within our community, the trans community, who are now being like targeted because the far right have realized that um, it's okay that they can score political points on the back of this very small community and nobody's gonna, and very few people are gonna really push back against that. So, and so, so, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I just- No, and so uh, that's, I mean, yeah. so it's important. So it's about struggle, but it's about finding that, about being happy warriors and struggling together. So so there's a clarification that uh -huh. um, you're talking about how like cis people, are now like in the 21st century, there's like this uh, reaction mm -hmm. from, from the right. So just to clarify, I started to think about like, how would I feel if I was like an older gentleman and I finally just acquiesced and said, okay, you know what? I'm not against inter interracial marriage anymore. And I guess I'm okay with, with gay people. And then suddenly there's this cornucopia that's opened and now there's I have to remember they, them, and now there's transgender people, but they're not drag queen. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of the backlash is just like this anger from this confusion too, that has to, that has to be addressed. Yeah. And I think that this is why it's so important that, um, I think this is why it's important that we like meet individuals as individuals and also, you know, see where people are really striving to be more inclusive and to evolve personally. You know, I am not one for shaming or shunning people who haven't got the lingo down if their heart is good, you know, and I'm not going to call you out in a meeting, but I might call you aside after and say, hey, I know you didn't realize this, but like, here's the language that we use today. Like, don't work. Like, if you can try and remember to integrate it, that would be awesome. But like, I, because I do think that, um, Folks are really intimidated by by doing inclusivity wrong, and and I want to really encourage folks to just try and to have those hard conversations. You know, I mean, I know that, like for instance, in this conversation, that I might say something because I'm not used to talking about um, your community as a community, and so my language facility is a little clunkier than it is when I talk about the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and, and that's an earnest limitation and one that I'm like, oh, I actually wrote a note and I was like, I want to like read more about this because I actually 
like Christine before the call said that, you know, she considers me family and I consider her family. And because I consider her family, I consider it worthy of my time to spend a little extra time to show that I'm paying attention to the words I'm using so that everybody feels really comfortable and included and, and that I can be my full loving self. Yeah, I want to, so there's a couple of really important things there. First and foremost, if you want to read, I legitimately have two stacks of books uh, and I can get you, I can get you a lot of literature on disability history and all, all of that good stuff. So if you're, if, if you're about that, let me know and I will get all that stuff uh, your way. Well, now, well, Je well, well, Jennifer has a bunch of Danielle Steele books in her background. I can tell. So, so I don't know if she's going to have time to read your your literature. Comments. I absolutely <laughs> will, because you know what? Like after last time, we were talking about that the documentary, the movement, the movie that. Um, and I Crip, totally Crip camp, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Crip Camp. We went and watched it. And that's oh, like what we did right after our conversation. Because I was like, oh, I've been meaning to watch this. They said it was like worthwhile. I'm totally going to tune in. But that's how we evolve, folks. Yeah. And that's how we like change. We change in community when we feel loved yeah. and supported. When we feel attacked, we freeze and we're scared. And we can't be our best, most open selves when we're scared, man. Yeah. You know. And and so uh, so language is like super important. And uh, I did want to mention that um, if we're talking specifically about, well, you know, I can liken this kind of to, the, you know, the whole debacle about is it should we say like people with disabilities or disabled people like and some people will actually get really angry if you use the term that they don't identify with. Um, and so uh, what I've, you know, learned about. You know, because I, I've taken it upon myself um, to learn more about, you know, the LGBTQ plus community um, and uh, in having friends that, you know, are in that community definitely more now than I ever have in the past. I obviously find myself thinking about the language that I use way more than I ever did before. Um, mm -hmm. But what I found, too is that uh, we get really, really comfortable um, speaking specific ways, and we might forget um, to use certain pronouns and things, not out of spite or anything like that, but just because, um, like, I think that people don't realize how, um, like, how subconscious our, our language is to us when we actually, like, talk. So, you know... Um, I have friends that, you know, use they, them pronouns now. And I've never had friends, honestly, that use they, them pronouns before. So, like, I've caught myself a couple of times, you know, reverting back mm -hmm. and using incorrect pronouns. And I'll stop myself. And I'm, you know, I'm, I will always, like, apologize. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I, I forgot. I, you know, and, but um, it's, it's a little bit different. I, I feel that, so, like, when talking about disability, um, because this is like where, where I'm most knowledgeable. If I have a person that comes up to me and uses like an offensive term and I kind of like nudge them in a nice way and be like, well, you know, 
I don't care that you call me crippled, but but you probably shouldn't go around throwing the word crippled around to like any just any like disabled person. Um, but then I open up that dialogue and I have that conversation with them. And every time that I've done that, um, it's been a really good conversation because what that's done for me is it also makes me reflect, you know, because they'll ask like, well, why do you think that way? And a lot of times I'll be like, Hmm, I never, I never really thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. I just, I just don't, I just didn't like it. And so it's made me be more reflective about language that um, I use. And so I want to encourage people like listening, you know, if, if somebody tells you that they identify as, you know, a gender that you're not necessarily familiar with and they use pronouns that aren't necessarily like that you're not familiar with, like you might be uncomfortable about it, but like, don't make them also feel like they're being ridiculous. Um, Like, you know, the least that you can do is, you know, help them feel more comfortable in themselves um, in, in the pronoun usage um, that, that they have. Um, So like all of that uh, goes into saying, uh, like leads into the question that I wanted to ask you, which is how do you think that we can explain pronoun usage to people who don't get it um, to help them understand why it's important and why it's not ridiculous to, you know? Well, well, here's my, I mean, that's a really good question. In my household, what we, oh, you might hear my little puppy in the background. No, that's just started okay. barking. And in our house, what we do is, um, hey, Cynthia, will you get her? Um, is we um, really talk about like, like what, what, why do you care? What, why it won't cost you anything. Like, it's not like, so what, like, why don't you just, why don't you just, you know, say the pronouns that the person wants you to say, or be inclusive, like err on the side of being inclusive and being kind and, and choosing to recognize people's personhood. You know, I mean, I think you never can go wrong with saying people with disability instead of, I mean, I haven't heard somebody call somebody cripple in a really long time or the R word in a really long time. You, you but like out with me and Kyle behind the screen. <laughs> well, but I also think that like there's in-speak versus, so y'all, there's also like in-group speak versus like how we represent ourselves outside. And wait, I would, wait, show her. She didn't see it, Kyle. Huh? Look at oh, this that's hat. hilarious. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. And so, and so I actually was taken to task the other day because I called myself, um, did I call myself crazy or an or an addict? And somebody, I can't remember which one because both are, applic- I mean, both are lovingly applicable to myself, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> I, um, but somebody said, you know, when you do that, you really undermine our efforts to have people see that addiction is, um, you know, a legitimate medical concern or behavioral health concern. Mm-hmm. And that's why we say people with substance abuse disorder. And I'm like, uh, like, that is absolutely legitimate. And like, and sometimes I just want to be like, oh, I'm an addict, you know, if I'm talking to other people, because it's like my own shorthand, but it's always, you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it is, also incumbent upon me um, because we educate through our language. You know, it's incumbent. What I do also when we talk about pronouns is I will, 
I will offer what my pronouns are to normalize it. So I'll say, you know, hey, y'all, I'm Jennifer and I go by she, her, her um, pronouns. And that way that that's a way that the majority can also like help folks who are in the minority in a particular situation or folks who are, are marginalized in a situation because you normalize instead of like, you can normalize in a couple of different ways. You can normalize it by doing it yourself and having that practice like, hey, I'm Jennifer, she, her, hers. Or you can do it by saying, you know, when somebody identifies as they, them, and somebody else snickers going and being like, hey, don't snicker at that person. But isn't it better just to like incorporate that practice anyway? Um, I'm telling you, it is, I know that it's been um, helpful for me in talking to people and in, and in just it. And in creating a world that's just a little more friendly for folks that are that are different, and why not do it? You know, I mean, why not err on the side of being kind? Well, you know, oh, go ahead, Christine. Sorry. I think for me, I'll give you guys a little story. Speaking of pronouns, the other day, somebody that I was close to, they don't really understand the LGBTQ plus community because they didn't grow up with it, so they didn't get it. Um, and so they were like, oh, these pronoun things are so ridiculous. Like, I don't understand why, you know, you can't just identify as a guy or a girl. And I literally, like, my mouth dropped to the floor. And I was like, that is not acceptable. Like, you can't not say that. Like, this, this is not a conversation we should be having. So I had to, like, sit them down and tell them the hard truth. Like, that's how they identify that's the way they were born. You can't say that because that makes them feel guilty or bad about being who they are. Mm -hmm. And that's not acceptable. Like you cannot do that. But it just surprised me because of how close I am to that specific individual to, to hear that come out of them. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> we need to have this conversation back up. Like this is not okay. Yeah. yeah, well, and it is surprising. And I think that that's important to say, like, hey, it makes people feel bad. And, yes. and why make people, I mean, it would feel as wrong, I would, from having conversations with folks, it feels as wrong for they to, for them to be mispronounced as it would for me, yeah. for somebody to refer to me as he, you know, I'd be like, wait, like, it wouldn't even register that they're talking to me, because really, our pronouns yeah. are so deeply connected to our personal identity. You know, I mean, if somebody kept referring to Jennifer Webb, he, 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 I'd be like, wait, what? Like, that doesn't, like, <laughs> me, no, <laughs> I'm a, she, yeah. It, and, and they are deeply personal. That's why we call them personal pronouns. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. just like we wouldn't intentionally mispronounce people's names, let's, you know, it's an easy fix. And it's something that, you know, we can always, where, um, people show each other a lot of grace around uh, around using um, pronouns correctly. I have a friend who goes by they, them, and it's actually weirdly hard for me. I can, a lot of friends who are trans can totally make the switch in my head. It's like, you know, if it's a male to female, it's like, nope, they're female. They're, this person is a she, her, her. Like, it's so easy. And and I don't know, it's a little more challenging for they, them. And, um, and it's something that I'm, for me internally, like, I, I'm like, huh, what would it, like, I started kind of imagining, like, 
individuals as being kind of multiple selves. And it's cool because now it's a little easier to think of like they, them. And I'm like, oh no, it's like all of them. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're touching on philosophy now because oh, you can I'm think about it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Social constructs and how much nonsense that is, you know, boys are supposed to have trucks. Girls are supposed to have dolls, you know. Uh, they, I just learned about, well, not learned about, but I just listened to an episode of the Transatlantic podcast. And they were uh, literally talking yeah, about yeah. Ex this exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, so so you are drawing, uh, you know, to a, a really important point, though, that, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, our listeners and our viewers kind of like get a better idea. Um you feeling guilty about making a slip up and using the wrong pronoun, don't let that guilt scare you into yeah. being more afraid and then lashing out at that person more. Um, because the other thing, too, is that if you're making an honest mistake, you know, there's not necessarily like, look, we're not we're not like out to play like the blame game here. It's mm -hmm. not always somebody's intentional fault, right? But, like, you know, we just need to, you know, just be people and respect that, you know, people are people. And, you know, that's just, you know, mm -hmm. the, the other thing you were saying, too, you know, it's just the right thing to do. Um, so. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, well, you we know, used to have bad ideas. Like, I mean, if, if I, so, Jennifer, like, full disclosure, uh, when I was younger, maybe even let's go back, rewind the clock 15 years ago, I may have been that person that would make fun of people that were gay. I would be mm -hmm. that person that made first time I, I can say the first time I saw a, a transgender woman. I remember being with my girlfriend at that time and we were sneaking into the drugstore to make fun of them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I remember my girlfriend, they're not fooling anybody. And now I look back and I'm in horror that I behaved that way. Yeah. And, and, but, but I'm also an example of someone that now that I've learned and have been educated, I changed my mind it, and it, that is also possible, you know, and, and I still make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, but because yeah. I have blindness to certain things. Well, and we learn yeah. through exposure, right? Like right. The, more, the more that we put ourselves in situations um, you know, with other people. So that's the other thing too, is that if we don't have a lot of interaction with disabled people, with trans people, with lesbian people, gay people, whatever it may be, um, you know, at that point, people, you know, are ignorant and operate on stereotype. And, and really the only way to educate people is to get them in the same space with those people, because, you know, I keep using that term over and over again, but like the point is, is because like, people forget that those people are people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the big thing is that, you know, when, when we get to the point where we reduce somebody as somebody who is, you know, in our mind is less than human, then there's no reason for us to respect them. Um, and, and I think that that's where a lot of, you know, animosity comes from. Um, or just antipathy. And we see that in our legislature. So, I mean, there's animosity and there's like joking and that stuff. And I think that we all personally evolve. I mean, I've, I can't recall like anything like that with myself in the trans community, but I know that like, 
you know, I mean, my feelings and my understanding of like the world around me has grown and shifted and changed as I have. And, and so I am always looking for opportunities to give people that, op- that, um, that opportunity to grow. But like, when we don't have that exposure, you know, when we don't have um, these cultural conversations about what's appropriate and what's not and who matters and who doesn't. And when we don't aren't constantly highlighting that, um, people can really be reduced to either, you know, not being, um, their humanity can be stripped in a lot of different ways. It doesn't just look like, you know, the Holocaust, which is like kind of the ultimate example, but it could also look like, um, like reducing state budgets to dollar and cents and like only allocate being like, well, how many people are going to benefit from this? Well, it's only this small amount of people. So we're not going to do it. Well, if you're one of those small amount of people who are wheelchair bound, like it might really matter. I mean, it matters. You know, if you're one of those small number of people who are a trans child playing sports, it matters. Yes. You know, I mean, and so we have to also have policies and we have to demand more of our state legislators and demand that they really are, um, that we are creating systems where everyone can reach their full potential, you know, where people can thrive and be happy. Um, and it's like, and I think that um, part of the hard thing in watching, I mean, this last session was hard because of the transports ban, and that was an active attack. But consistently, year after year, um, the disabled community gets short shrifted because when you do the math, they're like, well, you know, it's not going to lose us an election. There's not enough of them to, ma- to matter. Right. That's what they're really saying. There's not enough of them to matter. And there's not enough legislators up in Tallahassee who have personal experiences, who've been who have children who are disabled. I I know two and I want them both to be on the show. But and they're doing amazing work in this area of elevating it. But it's like we need we need allies for your community up there. We need people to demand that we don't just have a lean and mean state that when we have a lean and mean state who we're being mean to or are our, our community our disability community we're being mean to folks who who can't fight who um who don't have the resources to fight for themselves and it's easy to just cut them out of the budget or reduce their benefits or make it just a little harder for them to make it into the capital christina or whatever it is you know and that's unconscionable we're, we're going to have to have Jennifer back on the show because now <laughs> I'm just going to make Jennifer a, re, a constant recurring guest. Yeah. Just, just make her a co-host. Do you, do, do you, oh, you want to join the show uh, amidst yeah. the 800 other things yeah. that you do constantly yeah. all the time? <laughs> right? But I do. I mean, I just think it's so important, y'all. And I know that when I left you last time, I said that like, Oh, like if you want to be good allies to um, the trans, like to the LGBTQ plus community, like get engaged in the trans sports ban, which actually ended up being going through, but also advocate for yourself because they're constantly cutting your budgets that create programs to help um, people in your community or in our community, I'll say, because I also, you know, I went through um, Louisiana Rehab Services. That's how I went to college, you know, I mean, I have a, an invisible disability and um and those programs were super helpful and helping me to you know achieve my dreams and and 
every and people deserve them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a reason why they exist. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're running to the end of time, but I, uh, I did want to say one more thing, uh, in terms of, you know, like, uh, it's an intersector, it's, it's an academic word, which is like intersection. Lou and I were batting around even bringing it up, uh, in the beginning, but it's very poignant that I do now. So Lou, how is it? What did, how did you describe intersectionality? Oh, I, I knew you were going to put me on the spot. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. Overlap. Oh, so overlap, yeah. So yeah. there are people yeah. who are disabled that are members of the LGBTQ plus community and obviously like vice versa. Now, if we're talking about like the power of the vote, because we live in a we live in a democracy, um uh for for, for those who are, you know, who who can't see because you're not watching, I put the, I I used my little T Rex arms air quotes. But um anyways, uh the the reality is that the disabled demographic is actually the largest minority demographic in the nation, actually in the world. Um, people don't know this. Um, the the issue is that the dis the disabled community is really fractured amongst. And we might have talked about this in our episode um, when we had mm -hmm. you on before, Jennifer. I can't remember. But um, the the issue is is that we like to segment ourselves uh, in terms of like diagnoses, and when you start breaking us down that way, obviously you know you will down the numbers a little more here and there, and then it ends up being useless. Um, but my my point is is that you know these issues that are going on, uh, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community or whatever, like disabled people, you're implored to not only stand up for rights that are going to impact you as a disabled person, but you, the, the imperative is also on you to be voting on issues that like, for instance, are involving like trans kids or things like that. Like it is, it is up to you. And if everybody, you know, in the dis, dis, like disabled community actually did go out and vote on issues, um, you know, like, please get out and vote for like issues if you're disabled, because like, it's going to impact you know, your like your like rights. But my point is, is that like we can be helping other people outside of our communities too, in the way that those other communities have historically helped us. Like I said before, and Jennifer, you know, because you watch Crip Camp, we literally wouldn't have the ADA if it specifically wasn't for like the Black Panthers yeah. and the lesbian community. Um, that being said, like now that why can't, is intersectionality. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but that being said, why can't disabled people do that for other minorities? Like we should like we should like like not even not even we should like it's it should it's it's our it's our it's our freaking mission. It like it should be you know like it's we're we're implored um to to stand up. Anyways. Um, well, and you know what, Kyle, like when, when one group stands up for another, um, there's a power in acknowledging that, you know, that all of our rights are like that there is this coalition that we are bound together in a similar struggle and, and that we are different in in very important ways, but then in certain ways we also overlap and, and when, and then when we start to see difference within our community, when I start to recognize the the people with disabilities who are also in the LGBTQ plus community and talking to them and making sure that they have accessibility to to enjoy the full benefits of our community and that they're integrated in that way, that's important. I mean, it becomes a it, it makes us all stronger and vice versa. You know, I mean, it just 
it really strengthens us and it, it's harder to silence us because we're bigger and it's harder to push us to the margins because we're taking up more space. And so it's like, fine, push us to the margins. There's twice of twice as many of us now, like, go ahead. We're coming. We're, we're coming for you, man. <laughs> I, I was gonna make a I was gonna make a joke and uh, say that like if you're pushing disabled people to the margins, don't worry, you'll become disabled at some point too. We're coming for you specifically. Yeah. So so when you get to that point, don't don't complain to us about not having rights because you spoke out against giving us those rights. But anyways, um, yeah. we're we're gonna have to wrap up because we're uh six and a half minutes over. Um, Jennifer, it's always more than a pleasure to have you on uh, the second time. Lou already said we want you to come on a third time. Yes. I, I, I do have one announcement I have to make to, to people that? out there. I, I apologize unreservedly to any Danielle Steele readers. I meant no <laughs> offense or harm. Speaking of intersectionality, I know that you guys. I identify as a Daniel Steele enthusiast, <laughs> and that hurts my heart. <laughs> I don't really, but that's okay. I love that, Lou. <laughs> hey, look, everybody has their vices. I'm a giant Pokemon nerd, so, yeah. you know, you whatever. Um, but, anyways, yeah, we'd love to have you back on. Uh, if our listeners or our viewers would like to get in contact with you, um, how can they do that? They can um, text me at 727-320-6275. That is my cell phone number. You can also call me at 727-320-6275 or email me at jennifer at jennifer for the number four, Florida. That's jennifer at jennifer for Florida. And um, you can also like me on social media. I have jennifer for Florida, jennifer Webb. Um, the big-eyed, brown-haired girl, you know, <laughs> <laughs> pretty easy to find, and uh, pretty responsive. She really is, and she's for, she is the definition of for the people, so y'all definitely want to reach out to her and, and <laughs> share share the knowledge that she has, because she's just mm. amazing. Take my word for it. Yeah, Aww. absolutely. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap up because we we could talk for another three hours probably. <laughs> right. Um, we gotta schedule you to come back on, uh, Jennifer. So uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say um, thank you to all of our listeners and viewers again for yeah. tuning into the Disabled Report. Um, we uh, couldn't do you know what we did without your support. And uh, we hope to uh, we hope that you like this episode and that you continue listening to future ones. So anyways, uh, for the Disabledist Report and the Disabledist Network, we'll go around the horn. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Lewis. I'm Christine. Thank you so and much. And I'm Jennifer, one of the newest patrons. So join me <laughs> oh. in patronizing the Disabledist Network and the Disabledist Podcast. And I'll, I'll do my go. best to try to do. There we go. Well, <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Christina. Hey! hey oh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a blast. Um, yeah, everybody stay tuned for future episodes and uh, we'll have Jennifer back on soon. So take care, everybody. <laughs>